0: Hey moms, was your dinner last night the leftover chicken nuggets from your kids try? Is your definition of self-care getting to close the door when you pee? If the only chance that you get for exercise are the squats that you do to pick up your kids' Legos, well then take a seat, mama, you're in the right place. I'm Corinne Crosley, psychotherapist, self-care enthusiast, and seriously imperfect mom of two kiddos. This is Mama Bites. Well, hello, moms. Welcome back to the Mama Bites podcast. It's been a little while uh, since an episode has come out. Um, the world continues to be a little crazy, um, and it's, uh, it's great to be back podcasting. Took a little break uh, to take some space for myself um, and to be with my family while the world feels crazy and um, certainly been thinking of each and every one of my listeners and wanting to record something, reach out, have something to say, but really also wanted to wait until the time felt right for me. And so here I am back and um, and it's just me today. Um, no interview, no experts. Um, just just me and and thinking about um, certain topics, certain topics that um, there'll be upcoming shows on, like um, thinking about scarcity and abundance um, and and just how our lives are changing so rapidly right now, not just um, as moms, but in this totally, different world than, um, any of us have really experienced. So those will be coming up. Um, again, uh, if you did not listen to the interview with Marcy Evans, um, just the update on my book coming out is, um, like everything else in the world, um, with COVID-19, it has been postponed to, Uh, be coming out around Mother's Day uh, 2021 and um, I actually think that's actually a really appropriate time for it to come out and I'm looking forward to it still Um, but things will be a little bit quiet you won't need to listen to um, continued (laughs) promos of it's coming it's coming it's coming it's still coming um, just a little bit later so on to the topic at hand today Um, Yesterday, I was out um, doing one of my favorite forms of movement, and it got me thinking about um, those of us who might be coming to movement for the first time, uh, or for the first time coming back in a long time, and thinking about doing a show on... Um, things that I might have wished I knew uh, when that was my experience and that it took me a very long time and a very long um, experience of healing my relationship with movement uh, before I learned. And so uh, here are the top five or six um, tips, sort of bullet points, things that might be helpful to know about returning to movement or, um, starting movement for the first time, or, or even might be a helpful reminder if you're starting a new form of movement that you haven't tried yet. So, um, you can check out the show notes, um, for, you know, this almost as a, as a, as a listicle, I was really thinking of it in that way, but, um, who has time to read articles when we are chasing after our kids and either having to homeschool or home camp or whatever we're doing to survive right now. So number one, um, which is how the whole idea for the show came is, um, that the first few minutes of movement, the first mile, if you're, if you're walking or jogging, um, it just sucks. (laughs) Um, Whether it's a warm up, whether it's just like that, that initial sort of like inductory period into movement. I didn't know this. I just assumed whenever I was doing movement that I was bad at it, or just this is because I'm so out of shape or whatever. But I can tell you after more than more than a decade uh you know like probably more like going towards two decades of regular consistent movement the first the first several minutes of it is just hard um your mind goes your body is like you know struggling to to catch up to this new thing that it's doing even if you do it every day like it's still new to your body you might have been just sleeping you might have just been sitting for a long time it's just uh, it's just a, a challenging bridge to cross. And, and if I had known that, I just wish that somebody had told me like, oh, no, it's just like that. And um, then at some point, your body evens out and catches up, especially with more practice. Again, if you're new to movement, that will take a little bit longer. And your mind will just go and go and go and tell you, stop, please stop. Right now, please stop this isn't, (laughs) this isn't fun. Stop. Um, that's fine. You can stop, you can take a break, but just know that, um, it probably will get better pretty soon. So that's point number one. Point number two, um, is that you might also kind of suck at it. (laughs) Um, if you are a perfectionist or, you know, expect very high standards of yourself um, you know uh, I wish I could say I didn't relate I this is this is where I live um, so often um, it can be very hard to tolerate uh, a new thing and feeling like you suck at it or you're having a hard time with it or you're not getting it perfectly or you're not doing it just right. Um, it can be a really, really difficult thing. Again, I was years and years and years into movement before I was able to respond to what my mind was telling me, which is like, you suck at this, you're out of shape. Um, Other people are getting this faster than you if I'm in a group exercise class or whatever. Um, Before I realized, oh, no, I'm doing something different with my body. And that's kind of confusing it. And it's also forming new pathways in my brain. And so this is gonna feel like a real struggle. The workout is gonna feel longer. Um, I'm gonna feel like every last second of it. And that's because I'm doing something new and different. Now, ironically, for those um, who have been moving and, and exercising for quite a while, a lot of the time we're now trying to get back to that place. So, you know, there are a million exercise trends, and a lot of that is about trying to find that beginner's mind, you know, like all of the science around muscle confusion, all, all that stuff. Um, and so just know if you're trying something new, it's okay to feel like a deer on ice. That's, that's sort of um, the, the kind and gentle um, image that I've given myself that, like, I just feel like a brand new baby deer you know, um, kind of can't get my legs under me, kind of feel like I'm going in the wrong direction each way that I try. And that's okay. Um, you're still learning and you're still moving your body. And there might, you might find like one or two minutes, even if you're just looking for one or two minutes of something really fun, um, about it or enjoyable about it. And, you know, to be curious about that experience and just curious about like, oh, isn't that interesting? My mind's really having a lot to say about this experience. So beginner's mind is point number two. Um, Point number three, again, something I wish that somebody told me that I had no idea is that most of us have a time of day where movement is really going to be optimal for us. And, um, again, it took me years into working out before I realized this. Um, even though like my body really intuitively knew this and sort of like the first time this really came through for me was, um, I had always exercised really early in the morning because that kind of fit my schedule. It was when I was, um, both, um, working at a clinic and, um, opening my practice or I was going to grad school where, um, I had a lot of night classes. And so it just like really wasn't an option for me to move my body, um, later in the afternoon or the evening. So it was always in the morning. And, um, then one day the, the person that had been guiding, um, my exercise, um, a, a personal trainer who um, became a good friend, <clears throat> um, who I've interviewed on the show um, joy who uh, did the amazing interview for uh, the massage show Um, one day our schedules didn't align in the morning and so we agreed to meet in um, the afternoon and it was um, actually quite a lovely time to meet at the gym that we were meeting at it was quiet it was empty nobody was there we had access to all the machines versus like the really busy early morning And she starts putting me through the paces of a workout that wasn't particularly strenuous for me and pretty quickly and several times throughout the period that I was working with her, I started to feel very sick and I just didn't understand. It didn't make sense to me. And, you know, she helped me realize and just intuitively, I was like, this is, this is not the time my body wants to do this thing um, I'm a really early morning workout person. I'm also a morning person. It took me a long time to realize that as well, especially since my partner is not. And so, um, sort of like having time together is, is challenging when you're not necessarily the same time, um, sort of dire, you know, like, uh, internal clock. Um, this is also echoed in the, the podcast, um, that we recorded, with um, Holly Downs who talked about um, the morningest and eveningest quiz to find out whether you're a morning um, person or a night person, a a lark or an owl in terms of sleep. And one of the major questions that she asked is, in sort of barometers is what, what time of day would you like to do some exercise? And uh, I think that's just like a really strong um, additional piece of evidence of like we have a time of day that works for us and doesn't work for us. Of course, as moms, the time of day that we have to exercise and the time of day that um, we have to ourselves might be really different. And so um, I'm not saying you have to move your body at the time that... Um, works best for your body but just you know if you are moving your body in the afternoon when you're a morning person or early in the morning because that's when you can get it in but really you would you would rather work out like after the pressure of the day my my partner is that way he really needs the pressure of a day to um get going just, just to be gentle with yourself and say like, this isn't the time of day that my body wants to do this. And so it's going to possibly just be more difficult. Um, it's not necessarily going to suck. It's not necessarily going to be the worst, but just, you know, just offer yourself some more compassion and gentleness. And also you, it's okay to not know the time of day that your body prefers, that it may take some exploring. It might take, quite a bit of exploring to kind of find that out. And, um, once you know that again, you don't have to abide by that, but you know, can we use that as a guideline? Like, um, oh, well my body likes it right in smack in the middle of the day, which is like the least convenient time. Right. Um, and, and that's going to be really hard to sort of conceptualize, but if we're a mom, does that mean, you know, uh, a nap where our kids are taking a nap might be a good opportunity or, um, you know, doing some movement if we drop our kids off at a dance lesson, even if it's, you know, 15 minutes of running down the sidewalk near the uh, the dance school and then just running right back. That all matters. Just, just being curious about what's going to work for us. That brings me to point number four, which is, um, pretty vital that I, I hear all the time in my work, which is, um, I just want to say is if we're, if we're using exercise in sort of the equation that I see people doing, which is of treating the body as it's like just dollars and cents that it's just sort of like, a. um, an Excel spreadsheet column of like calories in, calories out, calories burned, calories, you know, um, consumed. It will never be the right thing. It like exercise is never going to be enough. We never will burn enough calories. Um, and even just like saying those words, I apologize if that's triggering for people, but just, it's hard to, um, (sighs) sort of challenge this without using the terminology. Just the way that movement works, if we are focusing on it as trying to burn what we consume, it just doesn't work that way um, and And so you know sort of like the point that goes with that is as much as possible, we need to divorce, it from diet culture. Um, And I know that this is, you know, entirely divorcing it from diet culture is going to be probably actually impossible. Most of us have come to movement in some way or another at some point or another, because we're told to do it because it's going to make our bodies look the way that we want them to look or slash they should look, right? And so we're going to have all sorts of thoughts about um, the type of movement we should be doing, um, how often we should be doing it, um, how vigorous it needs to be. All of these are often connected to um, a diet mentality. And so often, you know, we... We are marketed, you know, s- certain forms of movement are marketed to us that are about like burning as much as possible or, um, you know, firming up certain areas and, and I promise you there's, it, it just won't stick. If, if you're working on committing to a, a new form of movement or just trying something out or just, um, bringing movement into your life, um, hopefully on sort of like a regular rotation of self-care, focusing on those things simply, it just won't hold. It just won't hold. Um, and so we need to connect it to something else. Um, is it about getting some time for yourself? Is it about a way to be outside? Is it about a way to be curious about what your body can do? Is it a way to check into your body, drop into your body when you might be in your head um, 99% of the day? Can we make it about um, gentleness, enjoying the weather, anything else that we can attach it to? And of course, you know, number one with a bullet for me um, in terms of movement is improving my mental health. Um, you know, whether and, and and can we let things like that guide the type of movement that we might be interested in? You know, there are days where I I really need a vigorous lift. I I need um a big old shot of endorphins. Um and then there are other days that I I need to be quiet and gentle. And, you know, just because it's uh, often the day that I can make to move more vigorously, if my body's telling me, um, you know, I need some quietness, I need some fluidity, I need some stretching, can I make that, you know, a day that I practice yoga instead of a day that I'm on a bike or um, out running? So this brings me to point number five, which is sometimes the hardest thing to contend to contend with about movement is our minds. And so, for example, um, along the lines of divorcing um, the diet mentality from movement, we might have an expectation that as long as we have a regular movement practice. Um, or once we institute that, that that will be the thing that takes away, for example, our negative body image thoughts. And certainly, um, I do find in working with people that helping people be in their bodies and move rather than looking at their bodies purely as objects is a really helpful part of their recovery. That being said, Um, movement isn't a cure-all. We all still have bad body image days, um, present company included. Um, It's just a struggle. We live in this culture where we are invited into those thoughts continuously and regularly. And so there is no one magic thing, including movement. Um, That being said, It can be so helpful, as I just mentioned, to find those forms of movement, kind and um, compassionate movement that help us drop into our bodies and be present with what our bodies can do rather than how they look or how they might be being viewed by others. And so... That is why I'm so passionate about movement and helping um, people return to movement as a form of um, self-care to add it to their self-care toolbox. That is why you've heard so many interviews on this podcast um, with people who conduct and and invite people back into positive and compassionate forms of movement um you know folks like courtney wyckoff um, folks like um rachel estapa and um anna guest jelly who are really my heroes in the field and have not only um changed movement for other people and invited um us to really let go of the the diet mentality and make movement uh, a part of our lives as a form of healing and kindness and um, connecting to taking care of ourselves. But also, these are all folks who have used um, movement to help heal their relationships with their bodies and um, inform their recovery process be it from eating disorders, be it just from body hatred or disconnection. And so movement can do that. And that being said, we still have body image thoughts that are not helpful or kind at times. And so just to have that awareness that it doesn't mean you're doing it wrong. It doesn't mean that you're messing it up, but that that might be an indicator of something else that we might need compassion, rest, kindness, gentleness, in other ways in our lives. And to be curious about those things, um, and gentle. So I think curiosity and gentleness is the place that I want to close today. Um, I really thank you so much, Mamas for, for listening, for, um, finding this time for being patient during, um, the little bit of time off that, um, I've taken and, uh, the, the space that, you know, I think we've all needed in terms of taking care of ourselves during this time. Um, I hope that you are taking that space when you can. I hope that you might find a form of movement in the next day or two or week, or maybe at some point this year that that suits you and nourishes you and that you enjoy we each deserve that much thanks for being with me today mamas take care so that's it moms that's the last bite for today but in case you're hungry for more head on over to the mama bites website that's m-o-m-m-a mama bites website and stream more of our podcasts Or find them anywhere that you find your podcasts. iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play. And don't forget to stop by Instagram. And definitely come on by our Facebook group, the Mama Bites Lunch Table. We'd love to have you there. And until we meet again next time, remember, motherhood is a long journey. Don't forget to pack some snacks.